0: Welcome to Conversations About
1: Life. Well, it's good to be here with you, Billy. Thanks for joining me in this conversation. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. (laughs) What I was... um, My idea for this conversation is theism and reasons for it and why that idea has come about is because I've been talking recently to several people who are not theist and I'm really thankful for the conversations with them and with some of them and or you know one in particular I've really enjoyed kind of going back and forth, um, me giving reasons for theism and him giving his reasons for atheism and just kind of a little bit of a debate, a friendly debate. But for others, and and that has helped me um, to work out my own thoughts too, and for me to just consider, you know, why do I believe in the existence of a God? And then for others uh, I've recently talked with, it's been more of, well, we haven't talked about it a whole lot, but it, it's just kind of interesting to me or just, I don't know, striking to me a little bit, um, just the number of people I've talked to lately. So I've wanted the opportunity to kind of express a few thoughts more of just off the top of my head of, you know, well, why is it that I believe in the existence of God. So to do it conversationally, I think would be a better way to do it rather than just me to have a monologue. So that's, so I appreciate you here, Billy, to kind of, you know, help me to clarify things if I'm not explaining things well. And also just to get your own thoughts on this. And if this doesn't, who knows we don't have to stay on topic too if something else comes up okay sounds good okay so from my own perspective I'm a Christian so of course that means I'm a theist and I didn't really argue my way into theism or Christianity it's just more of came about but then being a christian i want i do want to think you know am i believing something that's reasonable to believe Mm and you know and, and and that so i do think about this from time to time is this something that you've thought about billy about you know what are the reasons for believing in the existence of god and if and are those valid reasons and so forth?
0: Yeah, I, I've thought of it some. I uh, maybe not pursued it really, really deeply and really like logically to it. Like I don't know if I've tried to like pursue it to its like I don't know logical roots or whatever in the way some people do. Maybe I'm, I'm not sure, but I have thought about it more. Maybe I've thought about well, what is it that I'm basing my um, my faith and trust and and belief in god on is it logic or is it something else and so that's kind of uh, i've i've more maybe thought through some of that while at the same time trying to think through you know the logical reasons for 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 why uh, i believe in a, a creator of the universe and then beyond that like that seems to me more more easy to logically argue and then but then beyond that that he has once a personal relationship with his creation and uh, and that crisis come to uh, to save us
1: and bring us into his kingdom so um, so yeah so there's the, there's two different questions than what you're saying there's the question is of is there a metaphysical personal, reality behind all of the material universe mm. that we experience, or in other words, is there a God? Mm. And then there's the question of, well, is this God the Christian God? So it's like two different things in a way.
0: Yeah, I think so. And a while back, I was listening maybe to some arguments about, uh, or some... Maybe some reasoning i don't know what you call it of scientists that were arguing for intelligent design mm-hmm. as opposed to just like that there was some kind of um, uh initial um like a, a beginning of everything without any intelligent design mm-hmm. uh whether evolution uh, and to what extent evolution plays a part in that you know not necessarily being the 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 uh, the primary question, but just is there a a creator or someone, some kind of intelligent design. And it seemed like a lot of scientists were kind of coming to some of those, those conclusions that there was some kind of intelligent design just because of creation itself and the study of creation.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, from the other side, and then I think we need to let you talk. Cause I'm, oh, I tend to talk too much. Um, from the other side, I just recently started a book by John Piper called the Coronavirus and Jesus. <laughs> kind I of saw in, Interesting little little book. I've only gotten to the first few chapters. But just in the first chapter, I appreciated some of his thoughts and the way he put um, uh, faith and, and belief in God being... And he said early on when he was kind of wrestling through... Um, you know the study and the reasons for belief in god he realized that that wasn't going to work for everyone cuz not everyone has that level of of education and understanding to go into those kind of arguments historical arguments mm-hmm. and and that kind of thing and um i forget exactly how he put it but the way he likened it was to to honey it's like when we're when we're a child and we're growing up we don't uh, use logical arguments and, and and reasoning from someone to understand what honey is. Mm-hmm. We taste it mm-hmm. and then now we know what honey is and later there are there's scientific tests and and arguments that you could use for for proving what honey is and showing it, mm-hmm. but that's not initially how you come to know what honey is, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what he he used for for belief in God as well. Mm-hmm. Just that there's um, a a longing and and a a need in us that um, accepts and understands and feels the need for a creator and for a father and um, and tasting that and knowing that is or tasting that and experiencing him is one way of knowing and believing in him. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Right, and that's really interesting, and I've thought about that before too that it's like just discerning what is good you know and what am I drawn to and I think that you know and I think that you can make a valid a definition you know a valid argument for placing your trust in something on the basis of that or even that or that being kind of included in it, and we might get to that. Um, but I do think that's kind of a personal, like a common experience. Like I don't think we're as objective as we might wish we were, but we, a lot of this has to do with what we desire. Um, so anyway, that was a really good point. And you were mentioning, um, like philosophical reasons for God or different things like that. And like, and so I have a really hard time kind of wading through those things and really kind of knowing what to make of them, like philosophical arguments. Is this something I should, that really makes good, is this a good argument or is it not? And so the reasons I'm giving are kind of more of my just personal reasons that make sense to me. And I don't know if they would, you know carry much weight with other people there's a fellow that i have conversed with quite a bit um through facebook messenger and i won't mention his name because i haven't he hasn't given me permission to talk about him so um so some of these um you know so even as i um give these like i know that they don't necessarily carry they might not carry a whole lot of weight with other people. Like, I don't think they would, I think he would have objections to him and that's fine. But these, you know, make, but I really appreciate um, how I've just kind of, you know, the dialogue I've had with him. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the, here they are. One is, um, so basically we'll start off with our definition of God. So we're, we're not necessarily starting here with just the Christian God. So, if there is a God that doesn't necessarily mean that there's the Christian God, but of course you can go the other way. If there is the Christian God, then there is the God, you know so um, so as far as like the definition of what we're arguing for, it's a reality um, that's behind the universe that we experience, like everything that we see and experience with our five senses? Um, Is there something beyond all of that? One way to put it, like a metaphysical reality, and is that um, reality personal? And by person, I don't mean like an old man in the sky type of person. I mean, more than just an impersonal force. Okay. So the first reason I had, and I just kind of, the other day, was just kind of scribbling these down. So it's, at that moment, these were my reasons. One is, it's either that, or we have to have a lot of brute facts. And I'm talking about abstract things. So when, we, when you talk about beauty, <coughs> or logic, or two plus two equals four or morality that these things aren't just subjective, for example, like if the whole universe were to, to disappear, is right still right, and wrong still wrong um, if if everything, every material thing and the universe disappeared, would these abstract realities still be abstract realities? Would, um, you know, child abuse still be wrong if there were no, um, you know, if every child disappeared, you know, and would, um, like, uh, the beauty of love and friendship still be beautiful? You know, these abstract things. And if they are, then, you just have to accept them as brute facts. I, I guess I'm using that term right. I hope so. Like people talk about brute facts, and what they mean is, well, there's no explanation for them. We just have to start with some assumption. Hmm. We have to start with this being true. So you got a lot of these abstract things. You just have to say, well, these are just some kind of true reality, and we can't ex- realities, and we can't explain the, the source of them or anything. And you just got to start there, or there's a god that these things and these things flow from god their expression of him and his nature so that's like one thing do you have any thoughts about that and and what
0: just what would you say to someone who would say that no those things wouldn't exist anymore they're just all subjective creations of society so like uh, i feel like that goes for me, that feels really dangerous really fast, but I feel like there's still quite a few people that that believe in that that you know beauty is just what you make it to be, yeah. and that wrong is just what is harmful to a culture or to a people group, and they've decided yeah. that it's wrong. What would you kind of uh, do you have any thoughts about someone who who kind of whether they thought it out or not, believes more that way,
1: yeah personally i don't think you can you can go that way to a certain point like things being subjective you know like i um like this picture rather than that picture you know some things are subjective but you can't keep going and keep going in in a subjective way eventually you have to come to like objective truth and i think you have to do that with morality so like when i have to, kind of uh, talk with people who believe in subjective morality it's like they're still basing that on objective things and it's almost like they don't realize it um for example um oh, it's hard to, kind of hard to think of an example right now but um can you like can you make an argument for a subjective Okay, like in some cultures, let's say. So I'm just kind of making this up. Let's say um, in some cultures, it's not. It might not be polite to open the door for a woman, for example. In our in our culture, it normally is, but like let's say in some cultures, it's not. So the argument would be, well, you're taking, that's all subjective. It becomes of your culture, but then in that culture where it's not. What's the reason for it not being, you know? So there's something behind that. And I think what people would ultimately get down to, it's like, well, human flourishing. That's kind of like the term. It's what benefits human flourishing. And in this culture, their reasoning might be, well, open the door open for a, a woman that benefits human flourishing in some way. And, and then in another culture... In their reasoning and way of thinking, that doesn't. But then, you got to consider what what's what's human flourishing like. What why is that meaningful? Why isn't it? Why does it make any difference than if we didn't flourish? I mean, from just a naturalistic viewpoint, um, I think the consensus is that we're just temporary anyway, and it'll all be gone? And then why did it matter? Um, so, so, in my way of thinking about it, it seems like we're still getting to something objective. You know, why does it mean something that we're here and that we flourish? Um, so, a lot of uh, kind of reasoning for morality is, well, what's going to benefit people? What's going to allow them to thrive? Um, if you're just selfish, then that might be an immediate benefit to you, but in the long run run it's not. So therefore it's morally wrong. But um but why? And why? And you keep taking those whys back and it gets down to human flourishing, but then there's still a why behind that. Well, mm-hmm. why human flourishing. Why mm-hmm. does uh surviving mean anything? Mm. So um I guess um I don't know, what what do you think?
0: Yeah, I guess I I think that makes some sense to me like even like people sometimes uh, on facebook social media it's like why do you think there has to be a god for people to be able to do good Mm -hmm. it's like because people can do good on their own or something but they still have to have a definition for good and um where does that come from what is that yeah what is good and why does it why is it good it can't just be based on on us,
1: I, well, I, and it goes to human flourishing. It's good if we flourish because of it. Mm-hmm. But why is that good? Why is human flourishing good? Why right. is uh, why is
0: the good? Of, why is society doing well, helping your neighbor? Why are those things good? They would say because it makes me happy as a human. <laughs>
1: I guess maybe I don't know. So I guess for some, it's not so much. They've kind of given up on like ultimate meaning, it's more like personal meaning, you mm-hmm. know, so there's not like a meta-narrative or a meta-meaning meta, meta meaning behind everything, it's more of, well, you know, human flourishing, I don't know, I I like it, yeah. <laughs> something Feel, more like that, I guess. it feels good
0: to me to do this for others, you know, yeah. or something like that, I don't know, yeah. but yeah, I think it makes sense.
1: What okay, so anyway, that's one reason we got these abstract things and... We either have these brute, brute facts that we just have to assume or there's a God there. So that's not like positive evidence for God. Very few, when it comes to evidence for God, um, for me, very few of them are positive. It's more like, and what I mean by that, it's like something you can point to and say, that is evidence for God. It's more of like, well, what? What other explanation can there be? And, you hmm. know, so the for me, the only real positive um, explanation for God is if God makes himself known, if he speaks. And then you can point to that and say, hey, that's evidence for God. Hmm. Um, because otherwise, and it kind of makes sense that that's how it is because God is so separate from, you know, a creator is so different from the creation and if you're in the creation it's almost like you're in this thing and all you experience is what you're you're in and and you can't look at anything that's a part of creation and say that's the creator so it's almost it it just makes sense it seems that the creator has to make himself known that we don't discover him he has to make himself discoverable. The other reason, as I was just kind of jotting down a few notes um, for the existence of God, is the absence of eternal power elsewhere. And this was brought to mind by uh, someone I've met recently. His name is Mark, and he has a meetup group, and it's called Hard Questions. And since I've met him and his group, uh, it was after the quarantine has taken place, so we weren't haven't met him in person, but we've been meeting on Zoom, and he has um, a couple times of a month, or at least once a month, a group called Hard Questions. And his argument for God has to do with the, the the way the world is it's all temporal you're going to be you're just temporal i'm just temporal in a big scheme of things you know we're we're just a vapor but everything else is too you know you see the leaves fall off the trees things decay they die everything is temporal and it seems that the universe itself is temporal too just kind of looking at science um the consensus it seems that you know this thing is not eternal it had a beginning and it'll be gone. So the need for it et- in Romans 1 it speaks of eternal power like and I think Romans 1 my thoughts about it it it's dealing Paul he's dealing with uh idolatry and he's saying this is wrong the way people make these images of created things and then they worship them, and they're putting forth someone, something that represents God. But God has shown himself, just by the things that he has made, that he's a God of eternal power and divine nature. So if you look at everything, and that and Mark's argument is, if you look at everything, there's got to be something eternal behind it. Um, because something... Doesn't just come from nothing, and even people who uh, argue that something comes from that the universe came from nothing, I don't think they really mean nothing. When you get down to it, it's more of an unknown. You know, there's just a point, and they would say we we just can't know what's beyond it. Um, from where where the universe came. So anyway, it seems to make sense to me that there is, there has to be eternal power, and there, where else would you, how else would you explain this but God? Um, And then there's the question, is this eternal power personal? And that's what, uh, that's another point I'll get to here in a minute. But um, anyway, any thoughts?
0: Um, Yeah, I think it
1: makes sense.
0: There's nothing in eternal on Earth, so, there, but yeah, that there would be some kind of eternal power. Okay. Yeah, I haven't thought of it that way before. Or, or.
1: okay, or. well, this is eternal power, personal, meaning not personal. It's like a human being, person, or you know. But is it more than just an impure, impersonal force? More than just a. Uh, you know, so, mm-hmm. something, you know,
0: like the Force in Star right. Wars or, um, like in Middle Eastern or, uh, or an Eastern religion where there's some kind of balance, yeah, uh, between bad and good that's always at work or something like that.
1: I guess so. Yeah. I haven't thought about that a whole, well, I've thought about that a little bit, but, um, but we're personal. So, Something that we're a product of something, and could it be that we're a product that we have raised, have risen higher than what this eternal power, this metaphysical reality? Are we higher than it? It seems like whatever this is, it can be much greater than us, of course, but it can't be less than us otherwise we're like the pinnacle of not only creation we're the pinnacle of like the source of what brought us forth and if we're personal then you know how can how can that be if you know from like something impersonal so the the god you know is um could be so much more than us but it doesn't make sense to me that he could be less than us so therefore that's how i get that this is the the metaphysical reality is personal rather than just an impersonal force
0: so if it was impersonal and we uh, in personal force no matter how powerful if we're personal that would kind of make us more intelligent or more
1: Or a higher higher power. Seems like
0: it. Yeah. Interesting. And,
1: yeah, and that's kind of a weird thing to think about. Like, if you went that way, for example, a non-theist or an atheist, you know, that would kind of put, like, me at the very pinnacle of everything that exists.
0: It kind of seems like uh, maybe that's what humanity in general was thinking when they thought that eventually man was going to be eternal like find out a way to conquer uh the uh life you know be able to somehow live forever or or be able to yeah it seems like maybe that would be the direction of thought if you thought that whatever started life was impersonal and we're kind of evolving, becoming more intelligent, well, then eventually we should be able to figure figure it all out and and just kind of live forever or something like that. I don't know. It seems like there was uh, a time period during like the humanistic the modern time period mm-hmm. before postmodernism <laughs> mm-hmm. where people were thinking um,
1: that we would we would be mm-hmm.
0: arriving at that before too long. Yeah,
1: I think people still. You know, you hear just little stories here and there of people who are doing something or another, like super rich people who are, you know, kind of got that hope and, you know, thinking something in the future. How can I preserve something of me for then, Mm. you know, yeah, like freezing yourself for a (laughs) hundred years?
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, I guess that, um, that would make more sense if you, if you believe that way. Because, yeah, that would put us at, at pretty much the top, I guess. Yeah.
1: Okay, and then um, the other reason, and I don't know if these are in the best, his, best order, but is that God, I believe God speaks. And this is a historical argument. It's, f- for example what's recorded for us in the scriptures, the Christian scriptures, that God has made himself known. He has spoken in various ways. For example, you know, giving a message to a man or a woman um, and just stirring him up, that person, so much that, you know, this person just has to speak and, and... if you looked at that person, you would think he's, you know, stark, raving, crazy, and mad, or there's something really going on there. Like, you know, you, when you read about the prophets, they were radical, they were naked, or doing all these strange things, um, and um, so they were stirred up with a message for the people, and that's one way God communicated with the people. And there were people you just couldn't ignore. So that's like one example of, and that's partly what the scriptures are—they're the recordings of these things. And they're intelligent people. They're poetic, like um, Isaiah, you know, and but they—they they have this message. So you know, there some there needs to be some kind of explanation for that but then there's also god speaking to us through jesus and through the death and resurrection so this is this is a historical thing that needs to be like not just dismissed there like something powerful came out of that um the world was turned upside down um the historical document of the scriptures they're unlike anything else as far as um. Uh, the original um, writings being so close to the date of the event, like many of the things we just take for um, granted as, as far as ancient history, um, are totally unlike the Bible. It's very unique in just the uh, the the amount of documents that we have and uh, the quality of them and so forth, and. Th- and it's obvious when you read them that the people who wrote the documents the the scriptures they were believers so they were believers at that time so close to the time that they're writing of so so what happened you know if if what they're saying is not true um then how do we account for it so anyway that's like that's evidence it's not convincing to some But it is um, evidence that has to be reckoned with, I believe, and I believe that that's an example of God speaking, God making himself known, um, communicating, and so that would be an argument for theism, that if this particular God has spoken, then of course that means that there's a God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess
0: some thoughts that i I think I've heard from like the opposite side would maybe be, well, there's still, there's still people that have really crazy messages from God today, sometimes, mm-hmm. and like so, how is that different from from those before that? Were written down, and then also the other question: Why didn't God do it in a more in a more obvious way? Uh, why didn't He communicate more, more obviously, more uh, with with us? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I think that's a good point. That your first part, point there about the you know there's people who have these messages from God today, and yeah, I think probably each one has to be. Reckoned with on an individual basis. Um, so, anyway, I and of course we can't do that right here, <laughs> um, and that would be hard uh, even to really consider what was happening with the Old Testament um, prophets. But um, okay, but going zeroing in on Jesus. Um, so you're saying well, why not um, in a more obvious way? Uh, Concerning that? Mm-hmm. I guess so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, why doesn't he just speak to each one of us audibly or in some more plain, visible way
1: yeah. to each one of us? Right. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting. Um, so, if you, like, heard the voice of God audibly... Um what would that mean like would that um if that was just a common experience for everybody um could that be explained away um, could that um when you're hearing this voice <laughs> would it be kind of considered uh, just another part of like the world that we live in um or a form of lunacy or something like that? well, if everyone did it the uh, if everyone under you know um, was hearing, mm-hmm. then we could always all talk about it, and we would understand each other. Because oh yeah, you know everyone <laughs> does. So this is just like um, seeing or hearing. It's just like another sense in a way. Hmm. Um I know that. I believe that you see like what I see because we all see, and we just have this common type of thing. Hmm. So it would be like this other type of thing. Well yeah, you hear you heard God this morning and I heard him because he speaks to everybody, you know. Hmm. Um I, hmm. I guess for me it uh goes back to just
0: just how broken our nature is that we have a sinful nature uh because, because of sin our our heart naturally rejects God in our natural state, you know, before um we are regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Um it seems like the Bible teaches (laughs) that we are, we are in sin, we're hard, we're rebellious against God, and uh, that if we were, I guess if we were completely honest with ourselves, if we were able to be, uh, we would see that it's not just that we don't believe in God, but that if we did, we would be against Him. Um, And uh, the, the uh, parable of, um, The rich man and Lazarus is usually what comes to mind. Just and I haven't thought this all the way out, but just that you know, um, um, the rich man was asking and and being tormented in hell Mm -hmm. was asking for relief, and he was denied it. And they said, "Well, at least send Lazarus, the poor man in heaven, to tell my brothers." and And I think it's Abraham that says, or someone re, the response is they had the prophets if they wouldn't believe them, they mm-hmm. won't even believe someone coming back from the dead mm-hmm. and just that that's the way our our hearts work we We think that with this or with that, well, then then we would believe, but that's not actually the problem according
1: according mm-hmm. to God I don't know um wow, so I have some different thoughts um So, one is, like, we're talking about, why not something, like, real obvious, like, just speaking to us all, but we have a book, like, how (laughs) um, special is that, you know, like, everyone has this book, but anyway, I know that won't register for a lot of people, but it's kind of neat in a sense, too. Um, One thought is, like, against God, like, that might be confusing to people, like, against God, but then again, it's like, well, what's the concept of God? Like the scriptural God is a God who brings about justice. I mean, he's a God, not just like a a Santa Claus God, but a God of awe and to be feared, to bow before, to delight in, a God of mercy and grace, but it's my, for someone to really understand, um, you know, like, well, perhaps I would rebel against God. I think it needs to be kind of fleshed out a little bit. You know, we're talking about a, you know, the God who, you know, in the biblical story, wiped out the world because of sin. You know, you know, and no, talking about Noah and the flood and everything. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, but you were but you're saying that even if something was really obvious like just words spoken to everyone individually that um they could still be against that um yeah because
0: um because yeah because the god we believe in it yeah I mean, it a 100% uh allegiance and service and, and 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 purpose and life and joy and love but but uh but yeah, I'd like that you are a hundred percent surrendered. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and uh, and there, in in sin, our nature is to be against that, to be um, to want to be our own our own masters, I guess. Hmm. Um, and in, it seems like maybe I I don't know, but it seems like in Revelation talks about when the end comes, that will become more clear just because mm-hmm. even with Christ returning, there's still going to be those who are against, against Him or unrepentant. Mm-hmm.
1: Something you mentioned about God demanding full allegiance, but every time we sin, every time I sin, I'm not giving Him full allegiance because mm. that's kind of what sin is. It's missing The mark of who I was created to be, and if I was created to love and serve God anytime you know, I do miss that mark, it's because I'm not giving Him that full allegiance. And I guess that's where Jesus comes in. You know, we were mentioning the death and resurrection, and there's a purpose behind that that He that this is. God's salvation of him you know through sacrifice um, redeeming people and uh, and forgiving them of sin and you know and so well, going on for a couple more reasons for theism, that would be just my personal experience for God, so I can't that doesn't probably hold much weight with other people uh because it's my personal experience but I guess it but it does for me in that I had an an encounter I believe I had an an encounter with God when I was 18 where he communicated to me that I was forgiven he lifted my guilt from me and he opened up a new world to me um spiritually Things came. The Bible came alive. It was uh, just, uh, you know, before that, um, I was one person. After that, I was another person. So that also gives me confidence in the Bible because the Bible speaks about something like this happening. It speaks about being born again or being made a new creation in Christ and i didn't i don't know what I knew about about that at the time, but since then uh, i it kind of makes sense of what i experienced and i I consider must be touching on something true in this experience because um, because I can relate to it. it gives me confidence in the other parts of the Bible as well because um you know, I can relate to this, so it kind of thinks, "Hey, this whole thing might be onto something, but anyway
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and I guess um, that probably holds more weight with the people that you know that know you best, the people that are closest to you, yeah, that probably your that personal testimony probably has more impact on yeah. the more close someone is to you,
1: yeah, my brother has um said it's it uh really made an impression on him because he knew me before <laughs> <laughs> and knew me after and knew I was a hateful mm. um young man, you know, before that happened. Hmm.
0: When was your brother saved? After or before you?
1: I'm not for sure. I've asked him to get on the podcast with me and he hasn't yet. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, I haven't. I
0: don't know that I've heard his his testimony personally, or at least not in full, right? But um, uh, I met with Wendy Sapp the other day, mm-hmm. and who knows, but all, all you guys. And he was talking about uh, your brother coming and serving at their church, like yeah. with
1: the youth group and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, the last reason I have is just the beauty and attractiveness of God, and we I think we mentioned this already, but it makes sense. Not so. This isn't so much. It could be evidence for God if you kind of worked out the argument, but I think more so, or at least right now the way I'm thinking of it, it's a reason for trust. So it's and so that's a little bit different than. Here's a reason to believe that there is a God. It's more of, this is a reason to place your faith in God. And the, because I think the beauty or attractiveness of something is a valid reason for placing your, your faith in something. And it, it's kind of like a movie. And this is just the typical, really good story plot where everything might be going wrong in this movie. I mean, um, this person, he's trying to get somewhere, perhaps. And this is happening. I mean, destruction here, fire there, um, you know, uh, enemies here. And then there's this one sliver of chance right here. And it's like he sees the light in the crack of the door. And he thinks, I'm going to go for it. And the way it's set up, like, it's a really slim chance. But if he makes it, it'll be glorious and wonderful, you know. So he's going to take it. There might be other options that would be, ah, that's okay. It would limit the losses. But no, he's going to go for it all. So he goes for it. And we we, um, cheer that, you know. Mm. If he took an easy route and said... No, there's bad destruction, and then there's not so bad. I'll take the not so bad, but I'm not going to risk it all and go for the wonderful. <laughs> mm-hmm. We wouldn't like that. We wouldn't like that story.
0: Yeah, and in some stories, he does that first, and it's kind of like a downer, and then he realizes his mistake and, and decides to you right. know, go for it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so that makes a really good story, and it makes sense that that's what we would do. So I'm not... In this, I'm not saying that Christianity or theism or whatever is just a sliver of the chance. I think there's good reasons for it, but I'm I'm saying besides the reasons, it's if you have this if because of the beauty and attractiveness of God, if knowing Him and having that relationship with Him and like having life with Him being everything that we are to be as he created us, if that's a possibility, if that's held out as hope, and it's like risking all for that because of the beauty of it can make sense compared to, well, you know, there, if I go that way and it's not true, you know, I'm a, a fool. I'm wasting, you know, I'm just living a delusion. But then what else is the alternative? I mean, is there anything else that's attractive at all um, compared to that? I mean, everything else pales um, in comparison, um, it seems. Um, I mean, if you have that view. Now, some people don't have that view. A lot of people, they look at the biblical God, and they're repelled by the biblical God. You know, I, I look at the biblical God, and I'm attracted. So that's a way to kind of uh, talk about it in a way that makes sense for faith. It's like if you got two ropes, one might look very strong, but you, you, if you get up, you climb that rope, you end up at a a hell of some type, you know, and the other rope, it's kind of frail. It might look kind of frail. It looks like a kind of uh, risky going that way. Um, but you're going to but at the end of that is a glory and a heaven of some kind you know wonder um and so what are you going to choose you know so it's not so mu- so there it's not so much which rope um can you put the most faith, most faith in as being something that'll get you there but it's more as what does it make more sense to choose so in in putting it that way, it's more of like putting it that way to say there's something else going on besides just, you know, where does the evidence lie? There's going on something about where's the most hope, and that comes into play as far as the decision to make. Um, so I'm not, again, I'm not saying that there's not good reasons for theism and stuff. I'm just saying the attractiveness of God comes into play as far as the argument of like where to place your trust mm. do you have any thoughts hmm
0: yeah um yeah, that makes sense, and just uh for me, I guess it it frames itself in my mind a little bit differently, or at least originally just in that there is a a purpose to life like a a a grand yeah a meta narrative <laughs> a grand scheme, a grand Uh, uh, a higher purpose and that that's worth living for while anything else living for ourself or some kind of temporary uh, worldly uh, this world thing that's very temporary doesn't have doesn't have purpose uh, doesn't have um, something worth striving for or living
1: for it doesn't seem to In like an ultimate way. I'm reading a um, biography of Steve Jobs right now. So he made a big impact on the world. You know, Apple and Pixar. And like his impact is pretty huge, you know. So you could say, is that meaningful? I think it was kind of meaningful to him. Um, he was really driven, um, and could that have made an impact on poverty and stuff like that? Probably so. I don't, you know, a lot of things like that has, you can't figure out it's got an impact for good, impact for bad in some ways. It's hard to just kind of sort it all out, but there could be meaning in philanthropy and love and things like that, but then again, where's the ultimate meaning? Um, Even if you make a big impact on the world, but then it all falls apart um, at the end, um, you know, how much meaning is that? I don't know. (laughs) Hmm. Just some thoughts, but... So... um, Anyway, it's kind of like one of those questions that really just intrigues me. It's like, because it's such a huge thing, like your worldview is so different if you're like a theist or a non-theist, and I say non-theist because sometimes atheists, they don't like to use that term i find out like i was
0: uh, like <laughs> our, our culture still kind of has yeah like it's not necessarily all and depending on what circle you're in it's not necessarily a good thing to be an atheist i guess or or looked on as good to be right an atheist
1: um but it's such a huge way of of just kind of thinking about the world it's like hey is there air or is there not air it's <laughs> like um i'm not saying it's like the same type of thing, because air you know it's like can be measured and observed and stuff like that. It's not like that, but I mean, just like air is such a huge thing that we live in um, this having this world view is such a huge thing, and it just kind of intrigues me just the thought of different viewpoints on it, and I don't know hmm. but well. You can move on to another topic, or should we just wrap it up here? <laughs> <laughs>
0: we uh, we should probably wrap it up here for now, but we can have another another conversation sometime if we want to. Okay, well, it's good talking with you, Billy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for for sharing and allowing me to interact with this conversation.
1: If you use a podcast app like iTunes, please give a review of Conversations About Life.